Welcome to the Non-Gendered Fitness Podcast, where we explore health, fitness, transitioning, and queer life from beyond the binary. Proudly brought to you by Non-Gendered Fitness, the home of queer fitness and health, previously known as Fearless Movement Collective. Now here's your host, Bowie Stover. Hi there, welcome to Non-Gendered Fitness. This is episode 75. My name is Bowie Stover. My pronouns are they, them. I am stoked to have you join me. This show is recorded on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty never was and never will be ceded, and I pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging. This episode, friends, is going to be episode one of a little mini-series that I'm going to be doing over the coming weeks. We're going to be looking at some of the most important things that you need to know about your body. Because often we aren't taught much about our bodies, yet we spend our whole lives having to look after them. (laughs) And there is so much misinformation out there about what's good for our bodies, what's bad for our bodies. And it can be really confusing and overwhelming. So I'm going to do my best to clear a few things up for you. And share some of the things that I think are most important when it comes to your body and how you can care for it. Now, the reason I think it's so important to know as much as we can about our bodies is because in order to take the best care of them that we can, we kind of need to understand what it is exactly that we are caring for. (laughs) I mean, sure... When we grow up, we're taught some like really generalized things about caring for our bodies. I know myself, I remember being in school and starting to learn about being sun smart, which I still think is super important. It's all about sun safety. But other than that, it was things like the healthy food pyramid, which I have seen revised so many times in my life. And it can be really hard to know exactly what is good and what is bad because it just changes what is recommended that we eat more of than less than changes over time. So it can be a little bit complex to think like, what, the, what am I doing here? What is happening? Always different information out there. And then on top of that, you chuck in all of the misinformation that's pushed by the fitness industrial complex and... It's anyone's guess as to what is actually beneficial to your health and what is just a fad or something being gimmicky pushed by the fitness industry just to try and take your money because it happens. So I'm going to start us off today exploring nutrition, seeing as it can feel like one of the most complicated areas when it comes to caring for ourselves. See, our body's function by breaking down foods and by taking nutrients from them. That's essentially how we stay alive. (laughs) And nutrients generally come in two categories. These being macronutrients, also known as, quote your fingers, macros. It's what you hear the dude bros talking about at the gyms trying to hit their macro windows. Can't miss a macro window. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry. It's very wanky. <laughs> and then we have micronutrients. So let's have a look at these a little bit more because these are essentially what keep us alive when we eat. So macronutrients are carbohydrates, protein, and fats. That's it. And these are nutrients that our bodies use a lot of. They 
uh, have a big influence in our body's function and pretty much our general existence. And these macronutrients come from the foods we eat. So let's look at what carbohydrates, proteins, and fats are. Starting with carbohydrates, the dreaded carbohydrates, also known as carbs. Now, they are a main source of energy for the body. Carbohydrates are really high in energy, and our bodies love that. You've probably heard uh, people talking and saying, you know, carbs make you fat or that carbs are bad for you. I mean, if you've heard of the keto diet or the Atkins diet, these are examples of ways of eating that exclude carbohydrates from the body. But the thing is, our bodies need carbohydrates, and carbohydrates are not, quote your fingers, bad for us. Carbs provide energy for our muscles and central nervous system, especially when we're training and moving our bodies. Carbohydrates are a great way of replenishing our stored our energy supplies so when we use them up by being active carbohydrates are what replenish that so we can then keep on going now depending on your training uh, or physical goals you could be using carbs to make up anywhere from 45% to 65% of your daily calorie intake that's more than half your daily calorie intake in some cases because that's how important they are your best source of carbs are going to come from vegetables, whole grains, fruit, beans, lentils, and peas, as well as dairy. Carbohydrates that come from vegetables are often called fibrous carbs because they are carbohydrates that come from a source that is high in fiber, which is our veggies. Fiber is great for us. Keeps you regular. <laughs> Very good for our overall health. What you want to limit is highly processed carbs like bread, biscuits, uh, crackers, cakes, or sugary things and lollies, as well as sugary drinks like soft drinks and fruit juice. Because carbohydrates are so high in energy, but our body doesn't necessarily need that much. And sugary stuff is a really high volume of Simple carbohydrates, these are carbohydrates that our body just froths and will use before anything else. And then it stores too much energy. And overall, it can be limiting in us working towards our fitness or health goals that we may have. Then we have protein. Protein is a really important macronutrient because it helps our muscles grow. And not only that, protein also provides structure for our body tissues, including our cells, our organs, our hair, skin and fingernails, bones, tendons and ligaments, and our blood plasma. Like, it does a lot of stuff. All this just from a type of food. They're pretty important. Protein also influences our metabolic systems, as well as our hormones and the enzymes in our bodies. Our food has big jobs. Just to sustain us. I mean, our bodies are pretty amazing when you think about it. We shove something in our mouth and swallow it. And from that, it extracts all these amazing things that just keep us going and heal us and make functions happen. And we all without our control. Incredible. <laughs> now, when it comes to your daily intake of protein, again, depending on your training goals, it's good to have anywhere between 0.8 grams to 1 gram of protein per kilo of body weight that you have each day. So for myself, as an example, 
I'm currently working to build a little more muscle mass and I weigh 73 kilos, which means I am targeting around 73 grams of protein a day to help me achieve that goal. It's okay if I have a little bit more because it helps with recovery. Plant-based sources of protein are going to be beans and lentils, edamame, tofu, tempeh, soy milk, nuts and seeds, and whole grains like quinoa, oats, and brown rice. If you were going for an animal-based protein source, it's going to be red meats, poultry, fish, seafoods, and dairy. As much as you can, avoid those processed meats, though. They're kind of fake meats. Uh, things like salami or hot dog sausages and bacon. I know that really processed stuff. It's not so great for you. <laughs> And then finally, we're going to have a look at probably the most dreaded and shunned macronutrient around, which is fat. Now, bodies literally cannot function without fat. Contrary to what all the things that are being said out there by the fitness industry, our body needs fat just to exist. It's used as an energy reserve. So when our body needs to keep it aside for emergency reasons or just for times when we don't have other sources of energy it's going to use it as an energy reserve there and it's because it's a high level of energy in it so in stored fat and it's readily available in our bodies it's used for insulation as well to like insulation against temperature insulation as protection for our organs i know i did an episode earlier on about the benefits of fat and one of them being that we have fat within our abdomen that cushions our organs against impacts and things like that and it's actually really helpful to have that there to keep our organs safe you know you don't want them all banged up that's not going to be a fun time <laughs> and it's also for absorbing and transporting fat soluble vitamins that come from micronutrients so we need fat to actually be able to break down other nutrients so that our body can utilize it it's just not angled like that, though. It's all this big bad thing when in reality, we need fat in our lives. And you can have around 20 to 35% of your daily calorie intake as fat. But be mindful that you want to you keep saturated fats to a, like a lower, a lower percentage, like 10%, no more than 10% of your daily intake. Great sources of plant-based fats include vegetable oils like olive canola or avocado oils avocados just as themselves avocados <laughs> flax seeds chia seeds and olives as well as nuts seeds and nut butters if you're going for animal-based fats you could go for fatty fishes like salmon tuna or sardines now i know macros may seem complicated but it can be kept pretty simple by eating foods that are as true to their natural form as possible. You'll know that you're getting just the good macronutrients that your body needs and that will use to help it function its best. Now, this is not to say that you can't ever eat processed foods. That's not true. Quite the contrary. I think that it's totally okay to eat the foods that you love, however that form may take or whatever they may be. And that restrictive diets are really harmful and totally unsustainable. What is important to be mindful of is that as long as the majority of what you're eating is like unprocessed foods, then you're all good. Because it's not about being perfect. And 
It doesn't mean you can't ever have a chocolate again or some ice cream or a cake or whatever it is that you like. I love cake. <laughs> and I eat cake. <laughs> it's okay. What it's all about is just moderating your intake. If you eat more cake than anything else, then you may not be getting all of the macronutrients you need for your body to function as best that it can, however that may be for your body. So just keeping that in mind is really important. But it's not as overwhelming as you may think. Just remember, carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, they are our three macronutrients that we need to focus and get the most of in our daily lives. Then we have micronutrients. Now, these are a little bit more ambiguous. You mean like, what the fuck is a micronutrient? Like, we don't really get told very much about these at all. Now, micronutrients are made up of vitamins and minerals that our body needs, but in really small amounts. And when you hear people talk about, you know, vitamins and minerals that you need, they are micronutrients because we need only a little bit of them. <laughs> and even though we only require them in tiny amounts, they do have a huge impact on our bodies when we lack them or when we have too much of them. It's like a really fine balance here. And micronutrients help our bodies perform so many functions like enzyme and hormone production, as well as producing whatever other substances our bodies produce that allow them to grow and develop. <laughs> and our bodies cannot produce micronutrients on their own, with the exception of vitamin D, which means that we need to get them in our foods or in some form through our mouths. <laughs> now, you may have heard of vitamin deficiencies or even had them yourself some common ones uh, like iron deficiencies vitamin a and iodine deficiencies we're going to talk about all three of those micronutrients so don't you worry about that and if you spend a lot of time indoors or in regions that has dark winter months you may end up with a vitamin d deficiency as well which as i mentioned is the only micronutrient that our bodies can actually produce by itself amazing I'm going to look at vitamin D a little bit down, so just wait on for that one too. <laughs> My, most micronutrient deficiencies are preventable though, and that's the really cool thing. And it's by having a diverse diet and eating a range of different foods, and in some cases taking supplements, only when you're advised by your doctor, it's by <laughs> doing these things that we can actually avoid pretty much every micronutrient deficiency. So... Because they can be so accessible with a well-rounded diet, being mindful to supplement. I'm, I'm always cautious when telling people to take supplements because too much of a certain micronutrient can be just as harmful as not enough of a micronutrient. And on top of that, the supplement industry is unregulated, which means that some supplements may not even be that good for you. They can have fillers in them, which can cause you to have health issues and even organ damage. So be really mindful of that because it's all about making money and it's all about taking your money by convincing you that you think you need their thing, but you don't necessarily need the thing. So if you're going to look at supplements before you do anything like that, check with your doctor, ask the questions, get the blood tests and know for sure what you need before you start taking anything like that. Now, some of the most important micronutrients and the ones that we're going to be looking at today are iron, vitamin A, vitamin D, iodine, folate, and zinc. 
They all might sound a bit like weird things, but we're going to have a crack at them because these are six of the most essential nutrients that we need to help their bodies. There's more, but these are just six important ones because there's a lot. There's a lot of micronutrients. <laughs> we're going to start with iron because it's a really common one to be deficient in. Iron is a mineral that's in our body and it is vital for our blood health. It's because iron is directly influencing our hemoglobin. Hemoglobin which is something in our blood. <laughs> it's an iron-rich protein and it's in our red blood cells and it actually makes our blood red. Cool fun fact. And iron helps our blood carry oxygen from our lungs to the rest of our body, which is pretty important. If you've heard of anemia or you've been told that you're anemic, this is because you have low iron in your blood. That's not great. It causes like fatigue and all sorts of really unfun stuff. But... It can be consumed in our diet. Big high five. Yes, that's what's important. Plant-based sources of iron are like red kidney beans, edamame, chickpeas, nuts, apricots. I don't mind apricots. <laughs> fortified, meaning that uh, the, the vitamin is added. In this case, fortified being iron is added to cereals. And also, you can get iron from soybeans. If you're looking for an animal-based source, it's going to be red meat or liver. Ugh. <laughs> now your daily intake for people that don't menstruate is going to be 8.7 milligrams while a daily intake for people who do menstruate is going to be 14.8 milligrams that's not much you don't need a lot of it as i said that's why they're called micronutrients you want those tiny little doses but there's a bunch of different foods there that you can get them from so you, you don't necessarily need a supplement then we've got vitamin a Vitamin A is a fat-soluble compound. Remember I was talking earlier about how important fats are? This is one of those vitamins that needs fat to have it broken down in the body and absorbed into the body. Yay, fat. <laughs> and vitamin A supports our immune function as well as our eye health. And when we consume vitamin A from an animal source, it's called retinol. And when we consume it through a plant-based source, it's called provitamin A carotenoids. That sounds complex, but it's pretty much just saying it's plant-based or it's from animal-based. And our bodies do convert them a little bit differently, but we're not getting that involved. <laughs> Vitamin A is involved with the growth and regulation of pretty much every cell in our body. It's involved. It's got the fingers in all the little cell pies, which is why it is so important. Now, you can get... Vitamin A from plant-based sources like orange and green vegetables, such as sweet potatoes and leafy greens like spinach. Yes, two excellent foods. Or you can get it from animal sources like dairy products, fortified cereals, liver and fish oils. It's surprising you're going to hear how many times liver gives you vitamins. I've never been a fan of organs when I used to eat meat. It was just not something I could do. But some folks out there love it. Very helpful with the vitamins and the minerals. <laughs> now, your daily recommended intake is 700 micrograms if you're AFAB and 900 micrograms if you're AMAB. Now, it's going to be worth chatting to your doctor if you are using hormones because that could change the dosage that you need. So, worth having a conversation with, getting the check, even to see how your levels are, if it's right for you or if you need to like do a little something extra. Next up on the list was number three, vitamin D. Oh, that rhymed. <laughs> Excellent. 
Anyway, vitamin D <laughs> helps regulate the amount of calcium and phosphate in our bodies. This is super important for our bone, teeth, and muscle health, especially if you're training. Vitamin D actually helps with our muscle strength. So when we've got good good levels of vitamin D, our muscles are actually stronger. And they're like, who wouldn't want that? I know I would want that. I do want that. <laughs> now, vitamin D is created by our bodies when our skin is directly exposed to the sun. Amazing. It's kind of like photosynthesis in a plant, except for we just do that thing with vitamin D. But we can also get it in small amounts from the foods we eat. So plant-based sources of vitamin D uh, include mushrooms, fortified cereals. Remember again, fortified meaning that that vitamin is added to it. In this case, fortified cereals, they're fortified with vitamin D. Uh, plant milks that are fortified as well as fortified juices and sunshine. And if you're looking for an animal-based source, it's going to be oily fish, red meat, liver, and egg yolks. <laughs> now the recommended daily intake for adults is 10 to 20 micrograms. You can't have too much. If you're supplementing vitamin D, you can have too much. So always follow recommended advice. If you are taking supplement, only take a supplement if your doctor tells you to or your registered medical professional tells you to. And it's best to check before you do take a vitamin D supplement because some folks actually can't take a vitamin D supplement. It's not good for them. It makes them all sorts of sick. So you don't want to be that person. <laughs> it has a significant impact on your health if you're having too much vitamin D or your body doesn't like the supplement. But it's worth noting that it's impossible for you to get too much vitamin D when you're getting it from sunlight. Amazing. I wonder even why that is. Who knows? Let's move on. Leave that one to one of the great mysteries of life. <laughs> Our fourth very important micronutrient is iodine. Now, iodine is a trace element that is found in some foods, and it's involved in our thyroid function as well as metabolic rate, which is the rate at which our body generates chemical reactions. Some really fancy terms for things, but they really mean quite simple stuff. Now, iodine is found in soil and it's absorbed by crops when they grow in the iodine-rich soil and therefore we can eat the iodine in the food that we have. Bonza! <laughs> but that is not the only way we can get it. Now, before I share more, we're going to look at plant-based options for that being the most important way to get iodine from your food, if you eat a plant-based diet, is seaweed. So it could be kelp, nori, kombu, or wakame, as well as iodized salt, because there was like this global thing where so many people in the world were having iodine deficiencies that iodine started getting added to salt. And you can buy it in most most supermarkets around at when you're going to buy the rest of your groceries. You can get iodized salt. Uh, and if you are low on iodine, which can be common in vegetarians and vegans because plant-based sources aren't aren't a lot unless you're eating a buttload of seaweed <laughs> but you can get it in iodized salt which is good to know because it was such a big issue that they actually started adding it to salt to help people with that if you're getting it from animal sources you're gonna go and you're gonna eat fish or seafood or other seafood other than fish <laughs> and eggs and you can get it from there recommended daily intake for adults is like 150 micrograms so this is like a tiny tiny amount so there's always going to be a way to get it if you're worried about it again chat to your doctor because you can always just have some iodized salt and you're going to be fine second last is folate this is what i always heard about i'm like the fuck is folate like what even is this well it's a it's a vitamin b 
um, source. It's B9. Vitamin B9 is folate. It's also called folic acid. Now, it's a water-soluble vitamin. This means it is broken down by the fluids in your body and carried about to the tissues, but it is not stored in your body, which is why we've got to constantly be consuming it to make sure that we're getting enough of it through our diet. Now, vitamin B9, it's a super important one. Folate, it's important. So it assists with the formation of our DNA and RNA. And it's involved in protein metabolism as well. Like, sounds like a pretty serious job to me. <laughs> it also helps to break down specific amino acids in the body that can be harmful in high doses and plays a role in our red blood cell production. All these things that you just kind of hear these words around, you know, like, uh, what is, what even is that? Like, I don't really know. Hopefully now you're kind of getting a bit of a concept of what these things are and how they actually kind of do a thing in your body to know that, you know, maybe they're a little bit important. <laughs> you can get them from plant-based sources like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, leafy greens like kale, cabbage, and spinach, Yum. as well as peas, chickpeas, uh, red kidney beans, and fortified cereals. Again, fortified. They've just mashed some folate in there for you to have as an extra bonus with your cereals. And you can get it from animal sources with liver. Mm. I think liver has everything that a person could really need. Yep. Anyway, recommended daily intake of folate for adult humans is 200 micrograms. That's not much. If we're going to finish off, we're finishing off with zinc. So zinc is a mineral. Uh, it's involved with gene expression, enzymatic reactions, immune function, protein synthesis, DNA synthesis, wound healing, as well as growth and development. Zinc, very important. Not just the stuff that you smear on your face to stop being sunburnt. <laughs> it is found in both animal and plant-based sources, but plant-based sources of zinc aren't absorbed as easily as animal-based forms are because the plant compounds inhibit some of the absorption. It's like Thanks a lot, plant. You can have, here, have some zinc, but you can't actually have the zinc. <laughs> now, if you're looking for it from a plant-based source, you can find it in chickpeas or legumes, uh, black beans, kidney beans, mushrooms, kale, peas, asparagus, pumpkin and hemp seeds, cashews, oats, quinoa, and brown rice. That sounds like an amazing meal. <laughs> and you can find it in animal based sources like shellfish, uh, beef, pork, lamb, poultry, fish, dairy products, and eggs. Now, the recommended daily intake for adults is eight milligrams if you're AFAB and 11 milligrams if you're AMAB. But again, if you're on hormones, it'd be worth having a chat with your doctor, see what their recommendations are, because you might require a little bit of a different level there if you need to increase your dose of that. Now, I know this has been a buttload of info and it's totally okay if it feels like a lot. You can find all of this information in the show notes. So you don't think you've got to remember all this. You can go to the website and you can read all about it as well. <laughs> Just remember that in most cases, if you're eating a wide range of different foods, then you're likely going to be getting all of the macronutrients and all of the micronutrients that you need. And if you're unsure, especially if you're on a plant-based diet or don't necessarily eat a wide variety of foods, then having a chat with your doctor and maybe getting some bloods done to check your levels could be really beneficial 
especially with uh, building your confidence with where you're at and doing all that before you just go out and grab a supplement that you may not even need. Because remember that in some cases, too much of a particular vitamin or mineral can cause us harm. And we don't just want to be buying into all the BS that the fitness industry and the supplement industry is pushing out there saying that we need these things when we don't necessarily. <sighs> now, let's have a look at what we've touched on today. Firstly, we looked at what macro and micronutrients are, with macronutrients being carbohydrates, protein and fats, and micronutrients being vitamins and minerals. Then we had a look at what macronutrients do to the body, how much of them you should work towards having each day. And then finally, we had a look at six of the most important micronutrients that we need. These being iron, vitamin A, vitamin D, iodine, folate, and zinc. And also where we can find them to add to our diets and whether the source is from our food or if it's from a supplement. But remember, I really, really need to re-emphasize this, that before you take any supplement, it's best to talk to your doctor, especially if you're on hormones, because some of these supplements are specifying that people have, who are, I guess, have certain hormones might need different doses. That could be influenced by like the hormone itself. It could be influenced by menstruation and things like that. So having a chat with your doctor first to understand what dose might be right for you based on your hormones is going to be super helpful there. I feel really good about that. And on top of that, the supplement industry loves to try and tell us that we need all of their products. And this may not necessarily be the case. Over time, taking their supplements could actually cause us harm. I recently just read a, a report put forward by a, a kidney and liver surgeon, or an, they were a transplant surgeon, that the cases that were coming to them of people who were having like kidney failure and liver failure due to supplementing was on the increase. So people, just by doing the things that they thought were helping increase their health, was actually leading to like severe liver damage or kidney damage to the point where they actually needed to have transplants. Like this is hectic. This is an industry that you've got to understand is about making money and there's no regulation or requirement to meet a standard when it comes to what is being put in their products. And I'm not saying that to scare you because there are some good quality stuff out there. More to just ask you to be mindful. You may not necessarily need a supplement and talking to your doctor is going to be the best way to clear that up. Yes. Now, you can find all these details in the show notes, like I mentioned. If you're enjoying this show or you know someone else who might find some benefit from having to listen to this show or another one of the 74 I now have, please share it with them. The more people who we can support or help them find ways to support themselves, the better then things are going to be, in my professional opinion. <laughs> Now, if you have any questions about this episode or you'd like to learn more about how we might be able to support you, you can go to our website at www.nongenderedfitness.com. You can send us a message there. You can also jump in. You could try out one of our free trials or you can jump straight in and have a go at some of our training as well. If you don't want to go to our website, you can find us on the socials by going to Facebook, Non-Gender Fitness, or Instagram, which is where we're most, most active, by going to Non-Gender Fitness at the handle non-gendered-fitness, or me, Bowie, as the.no.t.mb. Yes. Until next week, remember, our bodies are pretty incredible, and they are capable of exceptional things. 
And learning what helps our bodies function to help us achieve our goals is super empowering. Have a ride as day, guys. <laughs>